Okay. Welcome to Meet the Masters. I'm Tim Watson. I'm joined today by Master Noreen Khan. Good, I guess, good evening or good afternoon to you, ma'am. How are you? Yes, and good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm great. I am excited to chat with you today. <laughs> I'm glad uh, you are excited. <laughs> so how, how are things going right now? How are things going with uh, having the kids home? And So, yeah, so we've been homeschooling. Um, I have uh, Jay at home and he's 13, so he kind of gets on with it. Then I have my seven-year-old who's a little bit more of a diva and, you know, likes mommy to sit with her all day. And then I didn't anticipate when I had Noah in September that I would be homeschooling for so long. So the days are quite intense. But like I said to you, I will miss them when they go back because we probably won't get this time with them again. So um, I've tried to enjoy it as much as I can in the middle of, meltdowns and everything else right and changing diapers and then <laughs> yeah yeah and feeding on time and everything else so yeah it's great fun awesome how are things going um i know right now you guys are virtual with the tong sudo training yes sir we are so um as i said i found out like two months before we went into the first lockdown last year that i was expecting so um obviously at the time i didn't realize we we're going to go into a worldwide pandemic after that so um, I had to shield from really early on. So our actually our gut test and our Midlands gut testing was the first kind of event to get cancelled on 21st of March. So um, then the students kind of, we kind of just kind of held on, waited to hear what was going on. Um, so I teach in Nottingham, so it's quite central. It's like a little bit north to my parents. So um, yeah, so uh, they, we, I said to the students, we'll kind of hang on and see what's going on. And they all kind of knew that I was expecting. And then the midwife said, actually, you're, you know your cluster's quite vulnerable and we don't know enough about it yet so you'll have to you know be careful and not not go out too much so we didn't realize it was probably going to last as long as it was we thought we'd go back to live classes fairly quickly so when dad kind of announced like oh you know we need to start doing something it had been six or seven weeks we need to start keeping our you know students training and stuff like that i kind of said to my guys well actually this will be your opportunity to kind of train with master khan because by that time had come i was actually with the with a pregnancy physio for my hips and my pelvis. So I knew I would struggle. And I thought this would be a perfect opportunity for them to train with dad. Because they live, you know, the children for them to travel in the week to go and train with him would be really difficult. So if he's doing live, live sessions, you know, Zoom sessions, you should go and you should try it out. So some of them for a little while tried it out. And then um, I had Noah in September and then we were still kind of in lockdown. And in Nottingham, um, we've been in tier four for quite a long time. So like, um, I know in mum and dad actually went back live for a little while, but we we couldn't do that. And then obviously when I had him, I, he was vulnerable. So it was just a lot of shielding and staying home. So in January was actually when I started back for my guys. Um, and I had about 60% of the class come back in January and now February 70% have signed up. So mainly the ones that aren't come back are the ones that are like tiny tigers where they rely on their parents kind of set. And I think they've been Zooming all day during school because obviously our guys are in lockdown um, for schooling too. That, the parents kind of said, you know, when you decide to go live or when you go back live, we'll definitely be with you. So yeah, mostly it's the time tigers that haven't come back. So we're kind of getting used to it. I mean, it's not easy being in front of a screen. I really struggled because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have that response back from them. I'm like, oh, you know, are we okay guys? And you're kind of waiting for them to put their thumbs up and then you're relying on the internet and the Wi-Fi. And I said to you, I had a few issues with Wi-Fi one session and I didn't want to dishearten them from training. And so, yeah, it's been quite difficult, but you know, it's, it's great seeing them even virtually so yeah yeah ours ours was the yeah. same when we went back to actual in person all of our tigers and dragons and uh youth beginners we basically started over because all of those are the ones that that quit because it's like you said it's it's really hard to have a parent to help them and That's you know it. it's it's so hard to do it over i you know the people that have like kids in kindergarten or, or, or first grade doing zoom i have nine and 11 year olds it's hard enough <laughs> i can't imagine yeah it. it's true i had um, a six-year-old and you say to her i said to her we we're doing basic form one and i think they rely on the hall quite a lot to turn certain ways on on seikian ilbu and she was doing basic form one and she was turning to the right and i was just like you need to turn to the left and she said she still turned to the right and I was like your other left you know this side and she was and so then she didn't know her left to right so then I was trying to use her room what I could see and I was like towards your door and right. yeah it's really really difficult she was only six so I couldn't expect her to but yeah and then I think it was confusing her so it can be a little bit difficult but I mean if it's the only way you can kind of keep them practicing and stuff like that I guess it's been great for that so at least we have something to kind of go on otherwise it'd been a whole year we kind of haven't done anything right 
So we do have some people uh, saying hello. So uh, we got Natalie Walker says hello. Dana oh, Russell. Lindsay, Lindsay Dudgeon says hello. Yeah, Lindsay Earth, and Natalie seem to watch all the um, all the interviews, don't they? They're great. Yes, both, yes. Both Lindsay and Peter are, are uh, number one, I think one of my number one fans. Um, yeah. Master Jennifer Couture Kelly says Tung Su. Uh, Master Couture, I fought with her in the final in 2004 World Championship. She's amazing, strong lady. Awesome. Uh, Tracy Digby says good afternoon, Master Noreen. Hi, Master Digby. Who else? Master Roman from New Jersey says hello. Oh my goodness. Oh, hi. Hi, sir. Uh, Miguel Soto from California. Oh, I watched his interview too. Hi, Master Soto. Master Margin Martin Silk, Master Nigel Crockett, Pam Russell. They're oh, all saying my GB family. That's right. Uh, if anyone has any specific questions to, to ask Master Reem, please uh, let us know. So, I guess with that, is is that what people call you? They usually call you Master Noreen or Master Khan? Yeah, so um, I have my my husband's surname. I double barreled it onto the end. Um, but when it comes to training, I just stick to, you know, Noreen Khan. It, it gets really complicated when you double barrel it up and stuff. And obviously that Khan part of me kind of stayed on. So when I um, when I first got my, um, been promoted to Masters, I kind of was like, well, what are we going to do? Master, Mum was already Master D and... You know, some people kind of didn't know whether to call her Master Khan either. And then I was like, well, I could be Master Khan Junior for a little while. But yeah, then then my sister got promoted too. And then she's Master Aisha. So we kind of all just use our first name and it just makes it makes it easier rather than using Khan, Khan, Khan for everyone. Dad's the original. So we leave Dad being Master Khan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. kind of tough. So I, I, I obviously understand. So uh, my wife is usually Dr. Master Watson or, or Mrs. Oh, okay. Master or Dr. Mrs. Master. <laughs> Yeah, I think when I messaged you, I was like, oh, how do I go about this? So I just put Master Mrs. Watson because um, we have um, Master Allen, who you interviewed already, and then his wife, uh, Master Leslie Allen also. So I kind of sometimes will call her and I'm like, oh, what do I call her? But yeah, we just tried to stick it in GB to maybe the first name if that if there's like a family and they both have the same surname. Otherwise, it gets really confusing. Sure. So, you know, speaking of, of family, let's talk about um being born into a martial arts family do you have a, a, an yes, early sir. memory of, of being in the dojang or is it more like when you yes, sir. so it's not yeah there's not like specific memories it's quite because i think when you're born into it it's um there's no pre-tank sado stage in your life so there's not a part you know you hear some people's story oh when i'm seven my parents took me here so that little gap beforehand they kind of remember that whereas for for me and my sisters there was never that little gap beforehand it's always something we've known that kind of existed around us or we were involved in or whatever so there's no pre-tank sado in our life as such um we i don't know if you've seen the i know you've seen some of the pictures because dad's sent you some of the pictures but there's one picture of me and i think i'm pre-walking age so i must be about um eight months and i'm literally doing sit-ups for fun so he's obviously taught me how to do that i couldn't walk but i could do sit-ups which was great you know and then there's other pictures where i'm in dobok and i think in them times it was you know i was born in early oh my god i'm showing my age but early 80s and um there was no baby dobok so all my three have had a baby dobok but there wasn't i was in a full dobok um i maybe two i think and the sleeves are like rolled up so far, the trousers are rolled up so far and I'm kicking and punching. And we have so many of them photos where I'm kicking and punching the target. So I was clearly aware that, you know, I was in Dobok a lot and I was punching and kicking and all that kind of thing. So yeah, we've always been around it. And I think um, as we were growing up and early, early stages, I think, and I think my sisters will also agree with this, that um, we always had a choice. It wasn't, you know, and the choices literally were, we were either in, and we were physically involved and we enjoyed it and we loved Tank Sado as much as our parents did and, you know, trained everywhere with him or we were in because if we weren't going to be physically involved, we were still going to be constantly surrounded by it. So, you know, when both your parents are involved and heavily involved, you know, it is. And dad used to teach like growing up, dad used to teach every single night. So when we were training, we were training every single night. If he wasn't teaching his own class, we were at, he was at a gut testing at the weekend, you know, all around the UK and then. We were at seminars all around the UK, championships all around the UK. So if we, and then we were outside the country too for like European championships and we were young, so we couldn't, they couldn't leave us at home. So if we were training, that was great. And then obviously my, my middle sister, she started a bit later. So she would come, we would sit at the back of the class. She would sit at the back of the class, you know, so we've always been around it. And then um, the house that we lived in when we were younger and even the house that my parents are in now, it's, it's like a mini headquarters, like, um, 
mum is like Mr. Lee and, you know, and it, on a GB scale. And you'd come, I'd come here from school and I remember really clearly that mum would have all the got certificates across the floor because they would come in big packages and she'd be separating them for all the different clubs because obviously we're not full-time studios here. So we have clubs everywhere. So she's separating them out with their with their membership cards or dad would be at the other side marking gut testing paperwork from the weekend or an instructor would be popping around to collect stuff or he'd be on the phone to an instructor or to the headquarters or you know there was something all the time so it was literally eat sleep breathe tanks to dough as we were growing up and you know we didn't know no different that was just normal for us so yeah so we were constantly surrounded from there was no if you're we weren't going to be training we still were going to be in it so yeah so it, but you know we all are involved in it which is great so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really my kids are kind of in the same boat where, you know, yes, I had yeah. this conversation with my youngest. It's like, it's okay if you don't want to do it. If you are going to do it, yeah. however, you need to be engaged and, you know, in Yeah, in definitely. You need to focus on it as much. Yeah. yeah. And they're young. So it's really, really difficult. I have a seven year old and she trains and she's an orange belt. And, you know, there's some days where she's totally into it. And then other days where, you know, we're in our own little world. And, and I'm guessing we were probably like that when we were younger too, as much as we don't want to admit it, but yeah, we were probably like that. So I know, I, I know you told me to ignore some of the pictures that your dad oh. was sending me, but uh, he said that was nice. Wouldn't be complete without an embarrassing picture, right? That's a great Yeah, picture. that's the one. Can you see my, my suit is uh, rolled up so much <laughs> and it's drowning me. <laughs> but that was, Thanks, that, Dad, said that was that. 1984. So that was a great picture. Um, yeah, so I was two. Okay. Yeah, it's you and I are about the same age. I, I was born in '80, so we're right around the same age. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not far off. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Taz says Masnuri was born with her dobak on. <laughs> she flew out of her mom. Yeah, going literally. I think. Yeah, yeah. If if my dad had a choice, I'm sure I would be in dobak as I was born. Yeah, she's totally right. Oh, I love Taz. She's my cousin. She used to train. You know, everyone needs a cousin like Taz in their life because she would. She always has your back, especially when it comes to tanks and other stuff. So yeah, we trained together as we grew up. And I know she was going to tell you embarrassing stories, but I hope she doesn't. She said she wouldn't, so. <laughs> Got my back, it's fine. So what were, when when you do, you know, the, the training memories that you remember from that age, was it, was class all levels, like all ages? Was there a kid's class? Yes, sir. No, sir, no kid's class. There was, so I started initially, I think dad briefly and mum briefly spoke to you on the interview about, about when I started so I was I initially started in this church that my mom started at and it was freezing and I, re I can remember bits of it but I was quite young I was probably about three maybe yeah probably about three and you know in them days there wasn't many kids there was and it was all you know men or boys and even the kids would start a lot later than what they start nowadays so um I remember being at the back of the class and not being able to see much because I was like at the back and dad's at the front and you know and he so I was familiar because it was my parents but yeah, it was quite daunting. So I was at the back and then I don't remember much of the class, but I remember at the end we were sparring and I was like right at the back near the door and the next kind of junior, you know, person to spar with was a little bit taller than me and he was quite a big boy and he was an orange belt and I was like, oh my God. And I was three, like how much can you remember? And I remember starting sparring with him and I don't know if he kicked or punched or what, but he hit me quite hard in the stomach and that was it. I completely had a meltdown. I'm never doing this again. Don't ask me to train again. I'm not doing this. And then they kind of just left me to it. So that was my initial first class as such. Um, and then I came back, I must've been six. Yeah, around that age. And so all this time I've obviously been going to class sitting at the back of class, you know, it didn't really phase me. And I don't even know why I initially thought that I'm gonna go back now and I'm gonna do this now. And so I asked my mom one Saturday, it was a Saturday night, I'll never forget. I said to her, oh, please, can I have a dough box? And she kind of looked at me like, you know, let's see how long this lasts again. You know, here we go, kind of thing. So she gives me a dough box and I said, don't tell dad, I'm going to surprise him. So I go in to see my dad before I went to bed and I said, I've got a surprise for you in the morning. And I think he just thought, oh, here we go, kind of thing as well. So I come back in early in the morning. He has a Sunday class. I come down and um, it's a day, it's like an early morning class. So I come down, full dough box, belt, ready to go. And I'm like, I'm training dad, you know, here, here's your surprise kind of thing. And he was like, okay that's fine. But this time, if you're going to do it, you, you know, I want you to fully focus into it, not like last time. And that was it. I went and I think Master Whiskin briefly told you about the hall that we trained in. That is the same hall that I started at also in, in a little town called St. Tides. And I started there and um, yeah, training was a lot different then. So that was my first initial class. And then the funny thing is we came home 
and obviously he was so pleased that I'd, I'd started now being the first one I think he always in his heart would like would have liked me to train anyway so I was training and then Tat, my cousin who you just spoke to and her younger brother they also trained so we came home we went into the garden dad got the camera out and we were like you know we're going to show you I'm going to show you what I've learned today so I did say Kiani Ilbu and I turned all wrong I was doing everything in all different directions and I thought I was great you know I'm like yeah I've gone to class I know everything already kind of thing and um he didn't say nothing to me you know when I look back now he literally didn't say anything to me and um yeah so that's our first that's kind of my first actual vivid memory of of training and um that they're great great memories we still look back and watch them now great memories of all three of us training that's great so did you start around the same time as your mom or was after months so initially yes you know when she first started because I was a lot younger then the whole incident of getting winded happened and I was like no I'm not doing this so actually she was I think she was quite ahead of me okay. um yeah she's always been a high grade than me anyway so she has started ahead of me um so yeah so and and it, there wasn't I know she's briefly mentioned this there was no ladies when we came back so there was me and Taz like my cousin and then there was mum and one other female but the majority of the class 90% of the class was men and boys and you know at that time, I don't know if you kind of remember, but the late 80s, there was still, you know, gender stereotypes were still a massive thing. Equality wasn't a massive thing. So you're now in a sport that's predominantly for male and you just get on with it. It wasn't, you know, I never thought, oh, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm a girl or anything. I mean, you could see there was lots of boys around us, but we just got on with it. Yeah. And like I said to you, training them was hardcore, hardcore and, you know, old school training. So, you know, dad would give you the look and you would carry on training. And there was no Time Tigers program. So you kind of would do what seniors did and just you expect you were just expected to get on with it it's a totally different time frame to how we teach now so yeah and the funny thing about it all is actually the one thing that I like the spar inside of it where I what I gave up you know from in the first place that was like my passion I just wanted to spar every lesson you know like any other kid I guess that's slightly in the DNA because um I might get that from dad a little bit he loves sparring yeah. in the early days so yeah so um yeah I just wanted to spar all the time dad would say at the end of class he wants to spar and I would spar and the guys would be huge and you know we got bashed about there was no head guard mouthpiece any of that you know we just that was just how it was and safety wasn't an issue and you know and yeah so I was always used to training with the boys and, and I know mum was always used to training with the men that's just how it was right got a bunch of people saying hello I'm just gonna uh say a few so uh Master Pat Marsh says that Mrs Master Marsh said hi uh, um Master Claire Marsh she's like my inspiration like I remember like I said to you earlier that when um 1994 world championship and she was returning her cup that year and that was my first kind of year of like being aware that there's a cup and I was walking she was walk, doing her walk down the middle and I'd been split like right near the center and but prior to that when you're in the middle and you're little you can't really see a lot so it was so nice being like close to the edge and she walked down it and I was literally in awe of her I was like wow look at that trophy and you know so ever since then her name kind of you know lingered around for me that oh Master Claire Marsh she's amazing so yeah she's always been my inspiration from the States lovely lady that's awesome um Tatiana Klein says hello Master oh, Tatiana's from um, the Netherlands she's yeah. lovely too Master Sharp from Texas says Tung Su hi Master Sharp Got Master Chapel says uh, Master Marine, the double champ. <laughs> oh, hi, Master Chapel. Thank you for the support. Master Marco says hello. I hope you're all well. Hope we'll be lining Marco. up again soon. Natalie, Hopefully. Uh, let's see who else. I'm just going to name a few here. Dean Evans says uh, Grace said, ma'am. Uh, and oh, yeah, she's one of our students. Master Couture Kelly says awesome sparring round kicks. <laughs> Yeah, she oh, she's amazing. She was so pleased with for me. You know, when you compete against someone and you're going for it, inspiring, and at the end you're just, you know, good mates. It's it's amazing feeling. You don't get that from yeah. most associations. So mm -hmm. yeah, she's great. I love her, and she. We always will have that little bond. That's awesome. Taz, Taz says original A team with the four of us and Joel Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, Joel Ortiz used to train on the base. He was like an American kid that used to train with us, and we kind of all went up together and we tested for our black belt together, and then. He went back to the States and then Taz and my, her brother gave up and it kind of just left me. So yeah, they were our little ace team. We were with the little four of us. It was cute. That's great. Um, before your, your dad uh, shared a picture of you sitting on uh, Grandmaster Shin's lap. Can you tell us some yes. of your memories of him? Oh, Grandmaster Shin, great, great man. Um, 
so yeah so when he first came over I was really young and dad always told me the story of him carrying our buggy up and you know all that so I had so much respect for him and you know when I came there I've not there he's always kind of been there for me it's another one where I know the association's been around me he was always around me because I can't really remember when they first joined so as far as I was aware grandma Shin was always around and you know we we grew up with him not like you know how now he has security and it's not as personal but when he first came to gb we it, you know, i was a baby and he would be lifting me and carrying me and i had no grandparents on my on my mom's side so i looked at him like you know my grandfather and when your parents respect someone and you know, look up to someone so much that kind of reflects back down to you um and yeah he'd come and stay in our house and i grew up there's so many i have you know when you said oh you, you've got have you got a memory for him of there's so many lovely lovely memories he um yeah he holds a special place in here for me and I'm sad that the, that my my kids won't didn't know him like that so Jay, Jay had met him when he was a baby and got a photo with him but they didn't meet him like that his he I don't know just just a special special person for me um but yeah I think one of the main like I said loads of those memories but one of the main memories was um he wrote a email to me after I had Jay and I tested for my fourth Dan strike and I could imagine because I don't know if you know back then but he used to write you a personal letter and say you passed and you could tell by the grammar that you know when Grandmaster Shin had wrote it and he'd send your you know your pin that you put on your official uniform he'd send that and he'd order your belt size for you and I had this massive concern that actually I've got loads of weight having a baby and that this belt's not going to fit me so Dan was like just email him so I personally emailed him and I and you know when he passed away I found the email and it made me really emotional and he just said in there oh um I forget that you've um that you're no longer my baby and oh you know and it was just, he's just I don't know he touched our hearts in so many ways and yes I respected him so much as a martial artist and you know if we can even be as close as that at that age I'd be you know I'd be so happy with myself but just as a person like he would my parents often would say you know don't bug him you know don't no, don't bug him when they used to come and stay at our house he had dinner with us you know he was oh amazing person literally I could go on and on about how much he impacted our lives in an amazing way and um yeah void in my heart for when he passed away big boy I think one of the, the main reasons I want to continue doing these interviews is to let people know the impact that he had on on the lives of, of so many through the World Tongue Sudo Association. And um, like you said, my, yes, my children never got a chance to to meet him. And obviously, many of our students didn't either. So uh, thank you yeah. for those, those memories. Yeah, yes, sir. he Yeah, there, I can't. There's not enough words that I can put when I'm when I think about Grandmaster Shim. All right, I got another one. Ready? Oh god, dad. Oh yeah, that I like that one though. Because look how young Grandma Shin looks too. And I was a bit nervous around him first because I was quite shy. And then by the end of it, you know, I was be sitting on his lap and we'd have conversations. And you know, dad was like, you know, you, you can't do that kind of thing. And he would play and he would join in and I would tell him about all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it was great. It was literally like having a grandparent. That's great. We've got a few people saying hello. Uh, Master Amarim from South Africa says hello. Oh, she's lovely. Got uh, Rachel Crockett says, miss you, Master Noreen. Hello from Canada. Oh, I miss Master Crockett. Yeah, <laughs> she, she came to um, train with us a few times in Nottingham. So we, uh, she was actually our runner for our first, um, I know we were going to talk about that, but when we did our first master clinic here, she was our runner for the first year. So we have an amazing relationship. She's actually really good friends with my middle sister. So um, yeah, we miss Master Crockett because she's now in Canada. So we don't get to see her as much as we'd like to. So we talked about, 94 going to the tournament then do you have a when was the first time that you actually did a did a tournament so with that i wasn't going to be you know as soon as the tournament come up you're doing it kind of thing right. so yeah i think as a, i remember doing one as a white belt so i fa fairly quick after i started training i did one and again it was all about sparring i just wanted to spar i won my first trophy um yeah so fairly quick i would say early 80s for the nationals but you know on the scale that the national was then was quite small like but i did uh, my first world was 1990 so maybe a year two years after i started i did the world and dad was very much like if you go in you're doing it the same story that mum told you that you know if we're there you're part of the team you're doing it and i'm thinking oh but i don't know if you remember the trophies were really really big and i won second in uh sparring and i literally i'm standing behind the trophy and you can just about see my head mm -hmm. over the top of it so yeah, so so the, he started us fairly early with that, um, with competing, and um, I actually enjoyed it. I think growing up, um, competing was good. It was like 
uh, your kind of way of your, that motivation to. I know a few other people have said this to you, a mo like a motivation to want to train. It was never about the competition. It was that that push to make you be better. It was that you know gave you something to train harder for, gave you something to be better for, to improve. To you know that was very much what competing was for us in the early days. And uh, I think it changed a little bit as I got older and I uh, we became more aware, I think, of the world and then realized that actually the pressures of being Master Khan's daughter was massive and that, you know, people expected you to be superhuman. Like, you know, you were no longer just Noreen Khan. I was now Noreen Khan, Master Khan's daughter. And I don't, I wasn't aware of that when I was younger, you know, when I was competing in the nineties and whatever, it was quite nice to not have that pressure. And as I got a bit older and I got up to the higher, higher categories and, you know, competition got tough. So, you know, and dad was very much like, you can't just like be, sparring 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 you know you need to work on and all be an all-rounder martial artist he used to say it to all all of his students so yeah I became really aware that I had to be this superhuman person and then when I did do good it was like I would hear comments like oh she only wins because she's Master Khan's daughter you know she he she he must he must give her extra training at home he must teach the girls at home and he must teach Master D at home and stuff like that and that's so far from the truth like we're just a normal family at home we don't you know, and, and I think in class as well, we kind of was a little bit neglected to push to the side because his effort went into all the other students and I rarely would ask him a question or watch my form or do this, you know. So then then competition got different for me. I had like a love-hate relationship for it where it was the thing that pushed me to train hard, was the thing that motivated me loads and was, yeah, but then I would be really, really nervous because I would always think if I did good, there's all these other things going on behind me, you know the pressures of all yeah it was it's one of them weird things isn't it but all a part of training i guess sure so yeah and dad was really good at keeping us grounded so if we did do really good like he, we didn't hear much praise from him he was very much like okay you know no one kind of remembers what you what you won last year now you need to focus on the next step and we'd get home and the night of the competition i would literally sit and watch the videos and we would self-analyze and i would watch where i could improve so even if i won i still watched where I could improve, what I could do to make it better. You know, it wasn't focused on the winning, winning, winning. It was very much like, where, what could you do to better yourself? And then the next kind of week, we were back in class and we were working on what we could see that needed improving on. So, yeah, so and that's how it worked. He was really good at keeping us grounded and keeping us humble and, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, that's, the, the, I like the way you said that. And, and we, we talked about this earlier where you said you, you saw Master Claire Marsh when she got her, when she was bringing the cup back. And then once you got there, you're just like, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't feel the same, you know, from when you looked. Uh, yeah. On. No, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you're a little, I think when you're little and you see her and I remember, I don't know if you remember the name. Oh, you might not, cause you said you started a little bit later at the Worlds, but um, there was a lady called Miss uh, Jeanette Garner and she was like, just before winning it, she was kind of there and she won it quite a few times. And it, that that feeling I got when I seen them walking, and you're like a little kid and you're just like looking up and you just, yeah, but when I won it, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like that. And I know half of that comes from dad where he kept us grounded, you know, it was all your techniques will speak for themselves. You don't need to say anything, you know, kept us really, really humble and really, really grounded. And I'm so, so grateful for that. You know, I think that you don't get phased or like hazed by the kind of winning side of things all the time. And it's not all about that either. So um yeah so yeah it felt completely different when I saw Master Marsh you know I, I think I'll always be in awe of her and then I um when I won it it just didn't feel quite the same I was more nervous about dropping the cup or something like that down there so I, I feel like I feel like everyone is kind of that way and and if you what's funny is I when I talked to Master Marsh she didn't even mention the fact that she won we didn't even talk about it and then when yes, I talked yeah. to her husband he talked about it and we we chatted so that just kind of speaks to the the fact yeah, that yeah thousand words you know, there you go that's exactly it cool. it's a great memory i'm sure but yeah you know um and like when you wanted to interview me i knew that that was going to come up and i was thinking i don't really want to go on and on and on about it so yeah it's one of those things and i, and I think you need that you need that that you know, yes, you've won, but you need to move on and get better because that's the whole point in the competition is better in yourself, you know, not necessarily the people that you're competing with. It's you've got to make yourself better from it. Or then yeah. you've not learned from it as such. Yeah, Master Chapel says, I'm sure there was, there was little girls watching you doing the same. And, you know, there's there's something to be said about being role models uh, 
you know, as a, as a female and, and as martial artists in general. Um, but I, I think that it's important, like you said, and, and one of the quote, quotes I love from your dad is that, uh, you know, he said that you always talk, you call him his le your legend or our, our legend. He is legend. And he's just mm -hmm. like, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just a guy. Um, yes, sir. You know. And, and he is. He is a normal guy. Like, we know him as a normal guy. Can sometimes be an embarrassing normal dad. But yeah, but I, and, and I understand when he says, he does, honestly, that's the impression that he, he honestly thinks, no, I'm not a legend. But you know, for us, he will always be our legend. He will always be my legend. So mm -hmm. um, he can say, no, no, I'm not. But for me, he will always be that. He's my dad. So yeah. he, he might be master contact for one else, but he's my dad, isn't he? But yeah, so it's the same way. It's like some people think like, oh, it's, you know, uh, double champ. And it's like, yeah, th that was, that's part, but that, that but, not even, that's a little. I've always said that doesn't define me. Yeah, that's, that's it. So I say this, so the kids that, you know, because obviously they weren't around and Jay and Aaliyah never saw me compete or whatever. And I always say, yeah, I, the trophy is one thing and they see it because, you know, the replacement cups the one of the replacement cups that is here they see it so but they were never around to see it. and I always say to my my students that yeah you know I would love for you to be inspired by that you know if that pushes you to do good and because and for me it was never something that was achievable you know that I didn't go to 2004 thinking I'm winning the cup I went there you know it was something that was unachievable for me that cup was you know not not something in my eye line at all. Yeah, great. It was great that I won it. I'm not going to say it wasn't an amazing feeling. It was an amazing feeling. But that 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 year, I didn't go there thinking I'm going to win the cup. I was going there to do better than what I did in 2002. So, um, and I always say, like, if it inspires people, great. And I would like my students to kind of achieve higher. Maybe, like, you think you've got a limit, go for higher. Like, what I did that day and push past that limit. You never know what can happen if you push past limits. So, but I also say on the same breath that, you know, as an instructor now and as a master, you know, cups, you can win the amount of cups you win and the amount of trophies you bring home and the rank that you wear doesn't define you as a person and it doesn't make you necessarily a better instructor. You know, it doesn't make you better than another instructor. But ultimately, I think if you have a positive impact on people, that is what matters. Like if I can make my students better versions of themselves and if I can help them achieve that their goals, that matter, that would mean more to me than than the cup. And you know stuff like that but yeah absolutely it's you know it's that the whole it's the journey not the destination like it's yes sir it's, it's, I totally agree. like you were talking about it's the build-up of training and then it's over and then you figure out what you need to get better at and then you move on and continue to yes improve, sir so. yes and actually um 2004 was the first year that i'd um got placed gold in weapons so um I was really happy that I'd placed the golden weapons. There is actually a story behind that, that um, Master Khan, we have like a Monday Tiny Tigers class. I was actually at university during 2004. So I would commute home to train. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you know, but if you're going to Master Khan's class and even now throughout his time of teaching that if there's a competition coming up, even as a master, if you go to train with it, if there's a competition coming up, you know that training level is going up a little bit you know there's no specific training as such but his classes are going to get harder so if you're going you know that's that's how it's that's what it's going to be if you're going near a competition so 2004 came and I'm at university and I'm in my second year so I'm studying fairly hard and I'm trying to juggle training every single night too so I'd come back from lectures at 6 p.m sometimes and the road that I used was a bit of a nightmare so I'd get home dove up straight back out again to train so I'm not going to say I didn't train hard I trained hard um, he wouldn't let us not train hard, to be fair. So on a Monday, um, I used to take my sword. It was a Tiny Tigers class. And while the Tiny Tigers were getting their shoes on and leaving, I used to help assist dad and mum uh, teaching the Tiny Tigers. I used to go in the corner and I got my jangum, my sword, and I was practicing. And he kind of said, didn't say too much the first time I was practicing it. And then weeks went on and I'd keep practicing the sword. And he said to me, uh, Noreen, um, don't you think you should do dagger in the world? Because he kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I was like, dad, you know, this is the elite group. This is like the third Dan girls group. They're going to be hardcore, you know, girls. And he was just like, no, no, I think you should do your dagger. And I'm like, you know, being stubborn daughter. No, no, I want to do my sword. Everyone's going to do sword. I'm going to be the only one doing dagger, dad. No, so it came to the night before we were getting ready to pack. And he packs all the weapons in this big plastic thing. And I brought my sword down. And I'd been practicing my dagger as well throughout. And he kind of said, no, you're pack packing your dagger. And that's kind of it. So I packed my dagger and uh, came to compete in. And I, I remember Master Faith Gordon's um, interview. She she said, oh, when I came back in 2004, I thought everyone's going to think, who is she? I don't, you know, 
no one's going to know who I am. And I was like, I knew who she was, but I felt like no one's going to know who I am because all the girls in the category are American. So I thought they're all going to know each other. I looked down the line and there was Master Faith Gordon. There was uh, Master Jennifer Couture. There was all these, you know, names that, and me and dad would often talk about competition and, you know, we know who, uh, who was tough and same for 2006 master watson i knew she was flexible and a, a strong strong lady warrior and as a master mo's a mo master mo's wife stephanie she was in my group too yeah so you kind of know and i looked down the line and i knew exactly who master gordon was and everyone had their sword and i had my dagger and so did someone else have their dagger and i was just like oh my god dad i told you you know i'm thinking in my head he was off judging somewhere anyway so what happens i place first in my my um weapons category and I tell you the honest truth because I don't know if you remember 2004 was split so you would do weapons on the Friday night and then Hyung's and sparring on the um Saturday exactly. evening at the end of the day yeah so so um I'd won my gold and I was like yes tomorrow because I was really really nervous competitor so I was like I can eat breakfast tomorrow you know I've got my gold I'm going home it doesn't matter how tomorrow goes and I went on the podium and he came over to me he was like I told you you know I told you you should have done dagger and I was just like yes I know so the moral of that story is actually you should always listen to your instructor and you should always listen to your parent and if they're your you know parent and your instructor in one then you need to double listen because if it wasn't for him and I didn't get my gold in you know weapons that day things could have turned out different so yeah please listen to your instructor parent double listen if they're both the same person I like that I, try, I say that to my kids all the time it's like I you know yeah turns out I know a little I, I do know what I'm talking about <laughs> yes though you know you do know what you're talking about but I think I have the same problem and it's so funny because I can see myself in them right. and I just think at some point in your life you will realize you know, like I did that day, that mum's right. And, you know, and you, they'll learn. So I just leave them to it now because I learned that day. So going past that, when when did you actually get the invite to, to go to Master's Clinic after? So Master's okay. Clinic in the UK is slightly different to the States because it was leadership and Master's Clinic when oh, I was right. uh, a Sandown. So it was early 2000s I got invited. Um, can't remember the exact day so I've been doing them for a fairly long time because you weren't invited you know when you're ready to kind of be a candidate you're more invited as a leadership from very very beginning because we weren't obviously as developed as the US was at that time so yeah I went fairly early 2000s I would say um to the first master's clinic and it was great because I got to train my mom and you know you look forward to it so much that's the next step up from from um competing and that's the next kind of exciting thing that's going to happen for you so yeah and we got to train with grandmas and you, you actually train with the big guys because it's like all secretive like what goes on there then it was like you know there was no there was no social media where you knew what happened there so um yeah it was actually an honor to be invited um to the the clinic and again it's so nice now to see so many women because it used to be me and mum a lot for the Europeans. she was the first female master in in um europe to test so there wasn't that many ladies to start with and the, the group was very very small so you know there was only like 30 40 of us when we first started doing the clinics so yeah so clinic has always been like that one part of the year that you really you look forward to doing absolutely it's always a, a good part and uh it's a it's a big void right now <laughs> between black belt you know we it have is. a black belt clinic and then we have yes sir um yeah yes sir. yeah so our last one in 2020 got cancelled and it was just a bit like you look forward to it so much and now it feels like it's not come around for a, quite a long time yeah for us we had grandmaster bovin died and 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 you know it was so close to world or master's clinic and we were looking forward to being able to get together and kind of uh train with everyone and then that didn't happen and and you know this one coming up is the same so it's it's hard, but you know, like you said earlier. So, but then without, you can flip coin it and say without Zoom, you wouldn't be able to do anything. So Absolutely, at least you yeah. get to kind of see everyone and say hi to everyone and get to train together. So yeah, it's right. great. It's actually brought in some sense, people closer around the world. So that, that opportunity that we might necessarily not get. Uh, absolutely. I, I say it every time I do these interviews, you know, I, I would never have the opportunity to sit down and talk to, to yourself or you know, people from all over the world for an hour at a world championships or a, a master's clinic. So to have the chance to, to share stories is, you know, 
something that would would never have happened without this so you know that's just definitely yeah and it's great it's great to see um so many parallels in in people's stories and you know it's quite inspiring to watch some of them to be honest and you know dad always says we're only humans behind the belt and it's i think it's great for the kids of this generation to be able to see that actually we all started you know as a white belt we all started there we all know how you feel we all face challenges along the way and actually if we can do it, you can do it. You know, that same kind of attitude. And that and that's great that you're, you know, taking your time up to do that. You know, we really appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, Jovel Zuniga says, he uh, hello, Master Noreen. Oh, um, he's true tramp. We love Jovel. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Brian from, uh, Brian Burkett. I'm blanking on what region you're from, sir. I apologize. I think it's five. That's a pre pretty amazing story about the dagger fort versus sword. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I don't want to get off topic. I want to talk about the mat. You talked about the, the leadership clinic and master's clinic. And, um, that's something that you help organize at this point, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So mom, um, became unwell in 2000, end of 2011. And we had our national championships booked for 2012, April, 2012, because we, set the date to book the the hall ahead of time so um it we realized that actually she was quite poorly and that she wasn't going to come out of hospital on time for the championship and obviously we've always relied on her to do the paperwork like i said at the beginning she's always on the paperwork you know she'd have the application forms all over the floor and the one thing that i used to help with um was she i would see you know see her kind of doing it and i took half the weight and she would put the people into divisions and then I would write the competitor card out so I kind of had an insight of actually how she does the championship so I, I spoke to dad and dad was like you know we really need to carry on with this it's you know we don't she's not going to maybe get out of hospital and it was like the first it was a really really difficult time for our family it was the first time that she um wasn't at an event and you realize actually how much she does for the association you know like for GB especially like she's the backbone and when that person that you think is the strongest person in your life goes it's it was really difficult to juggle anyway so in that time dad had said what do you think do you think you can kind of take that on board and that was 2012 nationals it was actually my little boy jay's first time competing in tiny tigers division so um that's why i remember the date really clearly so i actually didn't realize how much she did and how much involvement a competition took for gp nationals you know so you think you know but you don't know because I used to compete I didn't really think about that side of it so anyway I took over and we um, managed to kind of get it together and have help from Master Allen and other people and we managed to actually have a championship and then she um, announced mum's announced the announces the winners on you know the day and does all that kind of role and so I took over from doing all that and actually that was it was quite difficult like I realized how much she did and then I said to dad after she got well and thank god she got well and everything that actually why don't I carry that on why don't I carry doing the championship and take that burden away from her because she has so much to do anyway so I said if I can do it I can you know and I can work it around the kids and I can I, I don't mind doing it so 2012 was actually held we always try and have that national championships in the Midlands like in the middle of the UK so that everyone travels has the same kind of amount of traveling time so it makes it easy for everyone and um it used we kind of were outgrowing that hall that year so master benning master indy benning um he um started training with me in Birmingham. Uh, sorry in nottingham because he came to the university of nottingham so he started training with me at my class and came and helped and was a great help and our relationship became quite good like a working relationship was amazing so he said oh how about we look at the university of nottingham in 2013 so then automatically because it was here it made it so much more easier for me because you know the kids i could just go and pop and see so we goes in for the competition we go in for the competition meeting we go and meet the manager and we come out of the meeting and master ben and the the manager and the higher guys up in the university said oh you know we have lots of functions here we have the rugby guys come we have this we have that and i'm like okay and then he looked at me he was like master norian why don't you know this would be a great place to host the master's clinic and i'm like oh my god like we haven't even done the competition yet you know do you realize how much you know i've been doing masking since early 2000s and he had just kind of started doing masking and i'm thinking that is so much responsibility i watched mum actually organize one at the beginning of 2000 in cambridge and i knew how much you know what it was it was more that responsibility that you have 
for them people's experiences of the year you know you I know how much I look forward to that and now that responsibility is in my hands like that's a massive thing but on the flip point I was like that's an honor to be able to host a, a clinic so anyway we were meant to be focusing on championship and it ended up going to this would be a great place to have a clinic so we hosted the championship it went really really well and then in 2015 we hosted the first master's clinic in um Nottingham so um I had help with master Benning and I think it's really really important that you have a good working relationship with the person that you kind of are organizing things with so yeah he's great and and we work really really well together so we did 2015 and then um we did 2018 back in nottingham and then we did 2019 back in nottingham and then 2020 got cancelled and then obviously we have 2021 hopefully fingers crossed will actually take place so yeah so it's been an amazing experience organizing that you know you um you face some challenges on the way that you have to kind of think quick for and we have an airport like not far from here too so it was just so ideal that you know they can fly in there we can pick them up you know and um yeah for those masters that have come over already from the states that it's, it's really different to, i've heard i've not been to the u.s masters clinic so i've heard that it's just a little bit different there's a lot less people so it's a little bit more personal than what it is in the states so yeah over the years we've had so many um masters come over master godwin's been over um when it wasn't here it was in wales uh, master valentin's been over master jenna master inashota master t we had yeah so we've had it's great it's great that we can have some of the masters and then master morum obviously she told you her mum lives here so she's come over a few times and master four from um the seychelles has been over so yeah it's just you know it, it's actually like i said it's hard work but it is an honor to host it that's great and if anyone wants <laughs> to uh come over obviously you're you're yeah our doors are always open. We love having like, you know, other masters come over and you, you, to train together. That's just an amazing, you know, we see each other like this now. So it'd be great to have you master, Mrs. Watson and, you know, anyone, our doors are always open. You know, we, you just get in touch and we will um, always kind of collect you from the airport and yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to have some different masters come over and get to meet you in person. There you go, open invitation. So uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully this year, if not, you know, Going forward, we'll- uh, Fingers we'll... crossed this year happens, hey? So uh, Master Wiskin says hello. Um, Hi, Master, Master Wiskin. Says he came, I guess he came over in 2003 and said it was a great clinic. He, he did, yeah, he came over in 2003 and um, he came to the Master's Clinic for that uh, mm -hmm. that year as well. So um, yeah, we had the pleasure of having him over here. And Master Marco says you and your team do a great job. Oh, thank you, Master Marco. He's, He's awesome. our regular for our, um, for our UK master's clinic and we meet him at the airport and yeah you meet you know when you meet people at the airport and you have that conversation on the way home and you get to know them on a different level it's actually really nice sure. so we we talked about master claire marsh being a role model and obviously your your parents as well um who are some of the role models that you look up to in the in world tong sudo outside of those people oh outside of those people you're making it difficult aren't you there's so many isn't there that you look up to but like um it dad will always be my number one it, it just is one of those things isn't it that you know if I can kick like that at that age then that would be absolutely great but yeah um and then mum is my is my lady warrior and she went through some really tough times to carry on so she's my inspiration to keep training and keep battling through all the tough times and you know it's not easy for women you know we have babies and all sorts along the way and you know I, I don't mean this like in a sex way but men's lives don't really stop so for us, you know, like I had Aaliyah and Jay and I was teaching with Aaliyah the night before I had her and, you know, you try and maintain as much as you can, but you actually, it, it's hard, you know, and then you've got to put your children first and it, it's, it's a difficult one, but um, yeah, so, so, so many, Master Claire Marsh is one of them. Um, there's so many people that I look up to, you know, all the senior masters, Master Godwin, obviously, um, Grandmaster Bowden and Grandma, uh, Grandmaster Strong, I mean, they do an amazing job too. Not even, you know, I respect all of them as martial artists, but to fill boots, you know, of other people is a massive, massive commitment. And and I just think uh, Grandmaster Bowdoin did an amazing job stepping in when Grandmaster Jim passed away. And as has Grandmaster Strong stepping in for for um, for Grandmaster Bowdoin passing away. So yeah, I, I inspired to be like that. You know, if I could be like that as well, and you know, follow in these leading footsteps, then. That, that's the kind of thing it's not just the kind of martial arts side of it but as people yeah I really they inspire me so much um but yeah there's all the senior masters out there that you know that you get to know I think Master Valentin for me was a big one because he was always really young and you like looked up to him as a master and um you know training with him when he came to the to 
um, the master's clinic here in, in Wales and all that kind of thing. Like I remember as a young age, they called him baby master. He mentioned that and I was giggling to myself because that's how I knew him. And yeah, so when you're young and that's someone you look up to and you inspire to be and you'll think, wow, you know, you can be a master at that age. It's like, you know, it's great. So yeah, all them kind of people all, all inspire me to, you know, be better, to push past and, you know, and then I have my sisters who support me along the way and we kind of all feed off of each other. So it's it's amazing yeah just there's so many people that I can mention sitting here that I don't think we've got all day to think about and then you've got senior masters like um, Master Carter he's great you know um, Master Whiskin and Master Butcher they're all and these all people that are standing to my right in the line so you always look up to these people you know technically and and as people outside of going you know to the leadership clinics and master's clinics and world championships have you had the opportunity to to, to do traveling to, to train or, or teach in different places? Yeah. yeah, so when I was younger, obviously dad went quite often. Now that I've moved out, it's a little bit different. So, um, and then I obviously have my own family and the kids are at school, so it makes it a little bit more different. But when I was living at home, we went, we flew to the Seychelles to, um, and Master Four was actually training then, but he was a lot lower grade. And we went to the Seychelles. Yeah, we've traveled, you know, Tanks has given us the opportunity to travel so much. It's been amazing. So, and you know, I don't know if many people can say that they they have that unit with their family either you know me and my sisters growing up we're all and mum and dad are all fairly close as a family and then on top of that you have tanks low that that same love and passion that you share for something and and I'm really blessed to have that and then traveling around the world with on top of that you know so yeah dad would go to teach obviously and we were were younger we were too young to stay home so we would go and we would go to the seminars and we've been to Samos in Greece and met some really lovely people and the, you know what I've learned from traveling as well is that we teach when we go out there and help maybe the juniors and you know as we were younger growing up we helped people and we would help dad teach if there was a big seminar and these kids some can't you know we're not very good because we can only speak English and they can't speak English back so you kind of share this this bond as soon you may not be able to communicate through language and then as soon as dad would say say Ilbu, we all know what we were doing you know we all know what an upchuggy is we all know so it's great that this this association even if you can't speak through language just that communication can still be there through like the love that you share for the association and the, and the martial arts. So yeah, so I've learned so much traveling and you know, you meet so many amazing people as well. And you realize actually that Tank Sudo is not just about you and being in this little bubble at home, that it's actually worldwide and that there's so many people doing the same thing as you and that, you know, share the same kind of love they have for the association. And yeah, amazing, amazing association that allows you to do that. Master Four shared a story of you and I believe it was you and your mom taught a class in Seychelles. That was so, so awkward that night, Master Watson. So awkward. I remember it clearly. It was, it was, you know, and dad's culture is a little bit. So when we were younger, dad's culture is a little bit like that, where, you know, the men are quite macho and the, and the women take the kind of role. It's changed loads now, but at that, so that kind of growing age. So I remember like, they kind of just said to us, Master Nora, I wasn't even a master, Noreen and Dawn, you're taking the class tonight. I've got to go to a meeting, Dad said. And we and Mum looked at each other like, are you actually real? There's no women here. There was not one woman. And it's so great now to see women in the station. And so we walked round and round because the island's like round around a circle. So we walked to the dojang that they had and it was so hot. It was really, really hot. And we're from like a freezing cold country. And um, we get there and it was just awkward silent when we walked in. You know, we walked in and they're like, these women are going to teach us what? kind of thing and I was just like oh dear this is going to be really awkward and then some of them didn't speak English either so you know it was it was quite an awkward atmosphere and then again that whole as soon as you start training that that bond comes back and um yeah Master Four um I shared that story and I was I was giggling because I actually remembered it quite clearly and then actually when we started training they gained a little bit more respect for us and realized that maybe you know it's not all about women and men being separate that is just about martial arts and you know training and kicking and punching together and yeah it was a good class at the end of it all but I remember it being really really hot and being a little bit awkward to start with and then at the end they had so much respect for us and Stacia's was an absolutely amazing place to visit I would love to go back and see him now and see how much he's developed in that time because we went in oh I was 16 so I think it was late 90s maybe um, and my little baby sister was only three and yeah so it was it, a beautiful 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 island to go to but I know he's developed so much since then so it's great to see how much he's you know you get to see how much better they've got over time as well right your, your mom said we we proved we did prove women can train hardcore too it's it's the classic don't yeah, judge a book by its cover <laughs> it so is you know if you felt like 
this I don't uh, you know when we trained in them days like you didn't leave like you don't leave to go and uh you know you feel like you're going to collapse you just do that gracefully in the corner you know that's mm -hmm. the kind of attitude and I'm so glad I look back now and I'm so glad I trained in them time that made you resilient as a person like it makes you tough like and I look now and I always you know me and the younger masters that used to train with dad when we were like juniors we we're all like oh Moscon's getting soft you know but actually I don't think he is getting soft at all I think times are changing and that you have to go with them times you know you have to go with these children and kind of be on their level and and and, and obviously safety rightly so because we used to fight um and used to do sparring together and you know the contact was was heavy probably is the best word to use you know there was no holds bar you and you gotta remember we were like women fighting like big men and they didn't hold back we got bashed about and all sorts so but we didn't know no different that you know nowadays that would be seen as oh my god the safety issue behind that would be like no that's not a, you know you don't do that kind of thing but yeah so it's just all we knew so yeah we are we trained in hardcore times and I'm, I'm actually really really happy and grateful that I got to train during that period and it made you made you tough, it made you resilient for life too. So it was good. That's right. I, I, I still, and lately I've, I've been trying not, not like yelling at kids, but you know, pushing to make, make class a little harder to make sure that they understand the importance of kind of pushing through things um, and yes, to get a workout yeah. since, you know, kids aren't as active right now, uh, you know, Definitely. not being at school all the time and, and things like that. So so no I totally agree with that like and and you they kind of look at you like what are you talking about when you start doing burpees and you know making it a little bit harder for them they they're not used to it whereas you know we were used to doing that so we used to do some really crazy stuff really really crazy stuff when I think about master Nigel Crockett says I think the men got bashed if truth be told <laughs> <laughs> master Crockett was actually we tested when I tested for my fifth down he was my sparring partner in um in in the testing at the end of the testing and you know you don't normally get to you spar with this these guys so it was great but yeah we um you know when you spar with men and there's no hold bar it just it honestly you just don't know and i think there was an injury every lesson to be honest not god that sounds like we inflicted them but we didn't always inflict them it was just you know it was just normal to be a bit more hard you know harder at sparring and and stuff like that so but yeah thanks master crockett for that <laughs> So believe it or not, we're we're right at an hour, um, and oh, so actually, you've survived. Uh, yes, I survived. No more running and hiding from you. <laughs> is there, you know, as we start to wrap up, is there anything that we haven't touched base on that you want to talk about, or or anything you want to share, or, or message you um, want to give to the people that are watching? Yeah, I think I've got some thanks to do if I've got time to quickly do them. Yeah. So yeah, just a massive, massive thank you to both Conjure Nim, um, Sheen and, and Grandmaster Bodwin. I don't think they realise how much impact they had on my family's lives. Like they will never realise that. And I'm forever grateful for, for them being there and kind of developing this. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't all be sitting here doing this at the end of the day. It would be a totally different story. And then um, Grandmaster Strong is doing an amazing job at leading from the top, you know, total admiration for that and commitment. And he leads in such a great way that you know, we're really lucky to have these people at the top, like leading the way they are. Um, and I always say this, my kids and, you know, my husband and the sacrifices he makes to allow me to train and allow me to continue doing what I love doing, you know. Um, I don't think he realised when he, we first were together that how much tanks that I would take up of my life. So it's great. It's great to have that support. And he's not, he doesn't train, but, you know, 100% supports me in it. But yeah, my biggest thank has to go to my parents and my, and my sisters because, um, Obviously, without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I know Dad always says to you, he's not a legend, he's not a legend, but he'll always be my legend. So, um, yeah, honestly, so grateful that they gave us this life and they they made us a part of this amazing thing that I can't, you can't explain. I think you, and I try to explain to my husband sometimes, like, you can't describe how you feel being a part of this association. It's something that you have to feel when you, same thing when you go to the world, you have to, that feeling is just there. You can't, you know, the... GBTSD um, family are, are like family for us. We grew up with these people. They're like my brothers and sisters, you know, and it, when they have pain, I have pain. When they have happiness, I have happiness. It's that same kind of thing. And I'm so grateful to my parents for, yeah, there was challenges along the way. Yes, there was hard times in our life, but that I'm blessed to be a part of that. And I'm blessed that they made us a part of that. So yeah, massive thank you to my parents because I wouldn't be who I am today without both of them. And I always say behind every great man, there's an amazing woman. So my mum sometimes doesn't get as much, much recognition as she should, and she should get as much recognition. And dad would always say on that note that 
he's not a one-man band. GBTSD would not be what it is today if he didn't have Mastercard and his senior masters behind him. And I totally, totally agree with that. But on the flip coin, if we didn't have him and the sacrifices he made and, you know, him committing his life, and I watched them firsthand, like what he went through and how much he gave of his life to Tankstone, then GBTSD wouldn't be with, you know, what it is today without him either. So, you know, we all, as on behalf of GBTSD, I always say that credit where credit's due and, and it all should go to that. Awesome. I think that's a good place to finish. Um, thank you for joining me. I, I know- Thank you for making a, me feel comfortable. My pleasure. I know it's a, a bit, you're a bit stressed. Um, uh, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a, just a, a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I can sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you for joining me and I appreciate take, you're taking the time out to uh, talk to everyone. And like you mm -hmm. said, hopefully going down the road, whether it's at Worlds or Hopefully one of these days I'll get a chance to come to the, the clinic in uh, Great Britain. Yes, that would be great. It'd be great to see you guys. And and same to you. Thank you so much for taking your time out because I know you have kids and I know that's not easy because I have my own downstairs. And I know Master Mrs. Watson gives up you know, your time together as well for you to do this. And I know it's not just this one hour because you've been messaging me and you know, you've got a lot of organizing to do behind the scenes. So honestly, thank you so much for your time. It, you know, it's been amazing to see some of these stories. It's my pleasure. and and. I, I love doing it. It's, you know, it's become like a, a labor of love for me now where I, I you know, I, I can't imagine not doing it. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, no, it's been great. Right. And, and you can see how many you can get through now, can't you? You can do as many as you can. So it'd be great. And now I can forget about mine too. So that's even better. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you everyone for watching. I really appreciate the support. And uh, like I said, we'll see you down the road. Tung Su, ma'am. We will. Thanks, Sue. Take care. Bye.